So, yeah, I am here with a few things to talk about. One, first thing, I am still serious about the t-shirt company. Uh, But I need more time. I need more time. It's ridiculous. No one asked for it. Nobody wants it. And why is someone's horn going off? All right. I think it's gone. No one wants it. No one needs it. No one asked for it. And that's exactly, exactly why I want to do it. But the biggest hiccup isn't actually designing the shirts. I mean, honestly, that's easy. And when I say easy, I mean, like, if you don't have Photoshop, there's GIMP. You know, there's Photoshop alternatives. There's, there's a lot of ways to get a design done. Shit, I have stuff on my iPad that can do that and save it in the proper format. Uh, that's not the hard part. The hard part is is what platform I want to launch on, so... Um, Shopify is a pretty easy no-brainer. And I'm not against Shopify, but I kind of like the idea of the product being on Etsy. Uh, The reason is because people scroll for mindless shit all the time on Etsy, and I feel like it has a much, much higher chance of being seen randomly. So this isn't really about churning a huge profit, but I would like to churn at least any of those membership fees I could incur. And I think even at the lowest $30 a month for Shopify, it would be kind of hard to direct people into my Shopify and guarantee a $30 a month profit churn. So I'm I'm looking into Etsy. It's, you know, Shopify is simple. That's what I like about it. But unless you're going to really advertise and, you know, spend money into your website, it's kind of a waste of money. Uh, Where Etsy, like, the cheaper $10 a month or whatever it is to have, like, your pro shop or whatever, isn't really a deal breaker. I don't care about that. Um, But, oh my god, it is fucking hard to navigate Etsy and, like, set up a shop and... Like, it's like, oh, you have to create a product, but it, like, won't let me make a print-on-demand product, and, but I have the plugin added, and I'm just like, uh, so I had to put it down because I had been spending the last hour trying to set it up so I could at least get started and maybe make a design here in the next day or two, but I really couldn't figure out the, how to set it up, and I didn't want to just cave and, like, set up a free trial for Shopify. So I was like, you know what, I'll put this down, I'll breathe, and I'll record a nice little, nice little special December 3rd edition of the podcast, December 3rd, December 4th, whenever you get it. Oh, hold on. Okay. Give me one moment. Well, I sort something out.
one moment again. Yeah, I said I could stop this and then start a new recording, but I'm not going to do that. Just texting back the uh, the good the good brother out there. Okay. So, speaking of you know good brothers or anything related to Impact Wrestling, this special December four we'll call it. Now we're calling it December 4th. This special December 4th Friday edition of the podcast, because you will get it on December 4th, the Friday. I want to talk to you guys about a little bit of my opinions on winter is coming. Winter is coming. So, I think I'm going to continue talking about this for the rest of the episode without using the words A E W. Uh I don't know why. I think I'm just gonna experiment with something a little bit, so no more of that. So winter is coming. If we need to refer to anything officially, we will either say winter is coming or winter is here. And maybe someone who skipped this part of the episode, jumped in like 20 minutes, if I make it that far. He's going to hear me saying, winter is here, winter is coming, and he's going to be like, where the hell do I find this Game of Thrones episode? Because I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Not a big deal. Maybe that's why I want to do this experiment. I don't know. I don't care. So, first things first. The beginning of winter is coming was really... Really good. I think opening up with the the Battle Royal for the ring. You know, one ring to rule them all. Uh, it was a good way to open it. Um, now, I don't really want to... I think they could have gone so many ways with the match and it would have still been good. I think having the end feature Orange Cassidy was a really good choice. They did not choose wrong at all. But I also think, hey... They could have... There's at least 20 outcomes that would have made me happy. So, and that's good. That's like... That's what you want. You don't want... That coal is not ready. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Reading my text and I should be talking. What I want to say about the Battle Royal, because I, like I said, I'm happy with the outcome. What I want to say with uh, about the Battle Royal is I think the confrontation between Miro and Wardlow was phenomenal. I was super impressed with that. Because to me, 
it wasn't about setting up, you know, a huge feud with them. And I know you are going to say they're going to feud. That's what that was. But to me, it was much more than that. To me... Sorry, I get notifications. To me, they really showed, for one, how good of a performer Wardlow is. I came back in for my ice tip. All right. Let's grab the ice tip real quick. Um, and the cool thing is, is this addition, I don't remember everything that happened. So there's some segments I might actually not even talk about. But maybe I will. I'm not going to worry about referencing anything. Whatever I remember, I'm going to talk about, and that'll be it. All right. Got my ice tip. Heading back down the stairs. One more second. You know, that's what I'm going to keep doing to you guys. I'm going to keep putting you all on hold. Alright, so I just told Cody that we need to do a Winter is Here podcast, and I think he's going to say, I think you mean Winter is Coming, but it's not important. It's really not. Alright, so juggling my tasks with hookah, texting, and the good old podcast, I want to I thank Andrew for tuning in, because I know he's got much better things to be doing. And uh, let's keep this show going. Yeah, that's the stuff. All right. So I really liked the uh, Wardlow and Miro confrontation. I felt like it really showed Wardlow's potential and Miro's experience in front of you know, the big brand. <clears throat> I feel like Miro looked a lot more valuable and he showed just how much he could put over someone. And when you put two people of the size caliber in there, like, like, I can't wait to see, like, Wardlow and... Can you imagine a triple threat match between Wardlow, Jack... J Jake Hager, the... Jake Hager and uh, so so Wardlow, Jake Hager and Miro like that would be intense. It would be good for sure. So I really like that segment, and that's why I wanted to talk about the Battle Royal as it is because, like I said, I think there's so many ways they could have ended that match, and I would have been happy. Um, I think a lot of people thought somehow like the predictable outcome was, you know, MJF and. Sammy Guevara are going to be the last two and they're going to fight or whatever. And maybe not everyone thought that was predictable, but I don't, I don't think that, I think AEW, oh, see, I broke my own rule. I think they, uh, I think they knew that that was a bad idea and that was never even considered. 
Um, and if it was considered, I'm sure Chris Jericho told them it was stupid, you know? So we got the, we got the nice filter back there. All right. Moving on, what's the next thing I can remember? I do remember the Frankie Kazarian going one-on-one -on -one with Chris Jericho. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with the Chris Jericho storyline. But the ending to that, the match was good. I'm going to say right there. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm not going to spoil it. The match is good. Um, even with, like, the small little hiccup that leads to the end, um, it's still it's still a good match, even after that point, and they finally finish it off. Um, but now, at the end, when, you know, everyone in the inner circle is fighting yelling at each other because, you know, no one's really happy about MJF being in the inner circle. And they're kind of pushing each other around. You know, I'm going to spoil this. Chris Jericho's like, you know, I'm going to give you guys an ultimatum. If you guys can't get along, then we're going to break up. And he's like, the inner circle's going to break up. And, I mean, it would be kind of a unique... I can't remember anything in my head, but it would definitely be a unique and different way to kind of disband something. But it doesn't make sense. Like, nowhere in the story have they even hinted a little bit that the inner circle was going to fade at any point. They even got, like, newer inner circle shirts. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. Sometimes I think that there's either something that's going to happen after and that's just like a time filler and they didn't really care about having something big for the IC on Winter is Coming but but I don't know it just seems like they hit a a brick wall and they weren't sure and you know Jericho just said hey just push each other around and yell at each other I'm gonna do this and I don't know it didn't make much sense to me I you could say I didn't like it I didn't think it made sense alright so ooh Let's talk about Darby Allen, and I'm honestly only going to talk about two more matches at this point, because to me they're like the only matches I care about, and only one of these two matches I'm going to, you know, I really haven't explained the winner of any of the matches so far, so I'm not really going to spoil the winner except for the last match. Uh, so if you don't want to hear about the last match... The second I say Omega, like, you should just bounce out. Not this one, but, you know, next time. All right. So, the Darby Allen and Cody against, you know, Hobbs and, you know, Team Taz. Team FTW, whatever he wants to be. 
that that was an okay match. It was okay. Um, I would say that definitely wasn't like the best match, and it wasn't the worst. That was like I was so glad that didn't open or close the show because it just it definitely definitely wasn't that that good. Like we're talking like a three star match at most. Um, it was okay, but. I'm putting it right in the middle, saying it wasn't bad either. It was just right in the middle. It was a, it was good. But I want to talk about the end of the match. That's what I want to talk about. You can go watch it if you want to know who won. But um, at the end of the match, you know, they're about to brawl. Team Taz is in there. Uh, you know, Arnie Anderson is even getting into it with Will Hobbs. And, you know, they're, they look like they're about to throw down. It, it looks like someone's going to kill Arnie Anderson. And then the lights go out. And thanks to the internet, I found this out the night before. Well, I didn't watch it live. I watched it on Thursday, but I found out while it was live because someone on Reddit, you know, said Sting is all the... But I still wanted to watch it. So, I'm watching... I'm watching and Sting comes out. And overall... I liked it for three reasons. For one, the music wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. And the entrance was phenomenal. I don't even think they're going to do that entrance every time. It just worked. Because, you know, winter is coming. Sting comes out. It starts to snow. Like, it was clearly a thematic entrance for the event. And, um... Comes out and he walks down. And the thing, the the main thing I really liked about it is the way he eyeballs everyone, the way he looks at Arn, the way he looks at Cody, the way he looks at Darby Allen. Like this, like I've seen people look at their heroes. And when people look at their heroes, like, you just see, like, this level of excitement. But Sting had this look on his face. Like, it it wasn't like the heel, Chris Jericho, you're welcome. But it was like this face, you're welcome. Like, basically, like, looking at Cody, looking at Darby. And just, like, basically saying without saying it, hey... You know all those dream matches we talk about? You guys talk about dream matches? I hope you're ready for these dream matches. You know, like, he has this look like he knows this promotion is on a whole nother level. And he's, like, got this look like, hey, I didn't sign up to show up five times a year. I signed up to dominate. And if people want me to be the champ, I'm going to be the damn champ. That's the look he had on his face. Overall, that was my favorite part because I don't think I ever could have known that I wanted him to stare at people that way. I think if you tried to explain that to me without him doing it, I'd be like, that doesn't make sense. You just look at people. How do you how do you get mad at someone for how they look at people? But I've never, ever seen Sting really look at people like that. And it was a magical moment, but it was also a serious moment because he was 
like like he had the open challenge face like he he's not on anyone's side <clears throat> but it was like a real like obviously he was there to protect but I loved it so we're gonna get right down to the point this is it this is for all the marbles Kenny Omega that's your snitch your cue get the fuck out if you haven't watched it Kenny Omega and John Moxley um yeah, that match was brutal as fuck. Brutal, brutal, brutal. I would say, thanks to Moxley's performance and thanks to Omega's performance, that was a six-star match, by far. That match was good. I honestly think anyone could have won that match and people would have been happy. <coughs> Which takes me to why I'm happy it ended the way it ended. Because... The match reminded me a little bit of, like, in a way, not literally, a little bit of that, you know, last Undertaker versus Triple H match they had. I think it was in Hell in a Cell. And Triple H still couldn't end the streak. It was during the streak still. Um, I remember Triple H doing so much shit to him. So much shit to him. And I honestly was thinking in my head... If Undertaker wins, the streak has to last forever. And the reason I thought that is because I was like, he is doing so much shit. Undertaker should be dead. If Undertaker beats Triple H after enduring all this pain, going through all this hell, I, I don't think, unless someone literally kills him, I don't think anyone could actually beat him. And that's why I was mad about... Brock Lesnar ending the streak because after that match it just ruined the streak for me like that was the that is where the retirement match should have been well that's how I felt about this I didn't care who won because at the end of the day it's technical ability versus technical ability and sometimes you're just going to get the upper hand but they were doing so much shit to each other to think about everything John Moxley has been through to keep his title. All I can think of was if Moxley wins this, there's literally no one that should be able to beat him. Which brings me to my next point and why I like the outcome even more. So, and I'm going to have another podcast with Cody and talk about this more, see how much of the words I say match up to these words, but Kenny Omega basically wins. I'm not going to completely spoil it, but it's a spoiler. He wins with the help from Don Callis, and they're distracting the referee, and in that moment, they use it as a moment, you know, for Kenny Omega to cheat. And he hits Mox with the microphone really hard, and then he hits, like, a couple more moves, and then he hits his finishing maneuver and gets the three count. And the reason I like that is because you go from thinking, oh my god, if Moxley beats Kenny Omega, there's no way anyone should be able to beat him, to going, I, this makes sense. The only way Moxley can lose is if someone cheats. And I like that. I like that because, do I think Kenny Omega can defeat John Moxley realistically without cheating? Yes. But I think it gives John Moxley such a creative edge. They give the belt to Omega while keeping 
all of the integrity behind Ken or behind John Moxley's strength and abilities. Like it's perfect, and then it goes hand in hand with the complete heel turn. This is like the final straw. This is it. Kenny is the cleaner. Kenny will do what he wants, when he wants. He'll hold belts from any promotion he wants. Like, I promise you, Kenny will probably hold another belt soon and be holding just a ridiculous amount of belts. Um, you know, fuck two belts, fuck two titles, fuck those belts. He's going to be like Kenny All Belts, you know. Like, I, I could already see it. But overall, I think it was a great way to introduce us to the Impact Wrestling um, collaboration with, you know, technically I can say the first, but not the second. Um, I only broke the roll run once. So if you're playing a drinking game, every time I say it, you take a shot like a bunch of times at the beginning and then one time in the middle. All right. If you're playing a drinking game where I like pause or I go oh my god I don't know you probably get really drunk anyways 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 I really loved it it was a good 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 dynamite they completely deserved their 900,000 plus viewers I don't know what the key demo is yet but they they fucking earned it man they fucking earned it there's another t-shirt idea they fucking earned it don't worry I'm brainstorming all this it will happen Hopefully, it will also lead to more people discovering us, discovering who we are. And I'm sure sooner or later, you know, Cody's probably going to release that solo podcast. I am convinced he won't. Well, <coughs> that's it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't want to drag you on for two hours. This is a special episode. So, this is going to be titled Winter is Coming. Uh, the one with Cody is going to be titled Winter is Here. So it'll either happen on Saturday slash Sunday or maybe after the following Dynamite. So it'll be even better. Either way, this one is Winter is Coming. Thank you and good night.